Death Spiral, the only anime podcast that began as a divine punishment from God. <laughs> we are back. We've watched anime. We've read manga. I didn't enjoy a single second of it. It's all for you, people. It's all for you. You know, we're really out here putting ourselves, our true souls on the line to bring this stuff to you. I, I, I think we're due a little appreciation. I wanted to be watching True Detective, but no. I had to watch shit called something like Mr. Villain's Day Off or uh, Cherry Magic. 30 years of being a virgin <laughs> makes you a wizard. Come on, don't tell me that's not a good title. This is what we're dealing with. What am I supposed to say about this? How are you supposed <laughs> to get up in the morning and drink coffee out of your uh, ray head shaped mug? No, excuse me. Think? Excuse me. Hold on. No, I drink coffee out of my RX 78-2 Gundam ESFS <laughs> Earth Federation Space Force mug. Whatever. Same thing. <laughs> uh, drinking soy coffee out of your Gundam mug. And you have to think, man, I just got to do another day of this anime shit. That's what we're dealing with. I clock in. I twist my face up into the soy face. I <laughs> flick up a crunchy roll. I look for the worst title I can find. And I just start binging. And that's what brings us to uh, Mr. Villain's Day Off. Oh, God. So, well, okay, look. Last time I think I talked about how I had gone back for the Foolish Angel dances with the devil yes and you for some reason we had we did not coordinate that for but for some reason we both watched that i don't know why we we are definitely very ill yep no uh, i mean we have brain holes that's this the reason <laughs> we're here in the first place yeah i mean we're talking about some serious damage you think that i would be here if i hadn't hit my head very hard <laughs> when i was eight immediately after watching an episode of sailor moon you don't think those two things are are connected? Well, you know what? I will say on a side note, uh, a friend of mine, you know who you are, told me that out of nowhere, they had started watching Full Metal Panic. Not not Fumofu, not the comedy one that people actually oh, like. Oh, like the, the boring one that people don't talk about? Yes, the like bad mech one. Were they just that hard up for mech stuff? I don't know. I, like there's I, other mech stuff out there. I kept asking for clarification. I, I could not get anything that made any sense. Uh, and the only conclusion I came to was uh, you must have fell down the stairs at some point as a child, you know, with uh, the soft <laughs> skull and whatnot. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of, honestly. But who am I to judge? Because uh, I threw on uh, an episode of Mr. Villain's Day Off uh, just to just to see. I was just curious. Now, this is another one from from the winter premieres that we haven't talked about yet, right? Yes. I think this is another one that we totally clowned on. And then, like, sh I have sheepishly uh, tail tucked between my legs, uh, <laughs> crawled back to. Uh, mostly, uh, let me let me make my excuses first. Hey, listen, this is a no judgment zone. I'm not over here like writing this down to use later in arguments with you or anything. Okay, now that you say that, my pre preamble is that this is not a judge free zone. This is a judge full zone. <laughs> I am judging constantly. I am watching and I am judging, and obviously not silently. Now, moving to my preamble, just my my pathetic excuse. I have been reading Go Go Loser Ranger. Uh, I forget the Japanese title. You've been reading that one for a while. I've been reading that one for a while, and the trailers have begun slowly leaking out 
I believe the anime starts next season. Oh, okay. I wonder who. I wonder what house is doing it. Okay. Yes. So April seventh, mm-hmm. uh, next season, it's coming out. Uh, the guy who did Tiger and Bunny is directing it. All right. I remember that show looking like kind of okay. Yeah, that's by and the manga of Tiger and Bunny was written by the guy who did Zet Man, which is one of my favorite manga ever. Uh, it's completely deranged. Just absolutely <laughs> insane. Okay, this is Yo Star Pictures, so they've been around for a little while. Okay. But I have yet to I have yet to read Tiger and Bunny to my great shame. Anyway, Go Go Loser Ranger is good. All right. Uh, I can say that with no caveats. I really like it. I think it's goofy and dumb, but I think it's really fun ride. Now, Go Go Loser Ranger is about a Super Sentai team that have gone off the rails. Their invader enemies have been thoroughly defeated, but the Sentai Rangers don't want to give up the whole charade, right? Because this is how they make their money. This is how, you know, they maintain their popularity. They really love being in the spotlight, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the whole performance. And so they've essentially enslaved the the remaining invaders and uh, kicked their ass every single week over and over again. Until one day when one invader finally gets fed up and decides to rebel. And so we kind of follow his antics as he goes out into the world and tries to find a way to live. And he's the loser ranger. He is the loser ranger. He's a spunky dude. I like him a lot. He's very easy to root for, uh, but he fucks up a lot. He's not very good uh, at his job (laughs) of getting revenge. He's not very good at it. But we love him anyway, don't we, folks? Oh, we love him. Now, now, Mr. Villain's Day Off is essentially a slice-of-life version of the same story. We have uh, an invader, mm-hmm. and we have the Super Sentai team, and they're all, you know, even though they they try to play it a little bit more like uh, they're actually fighting each other, it really is all theater. Uh, and our villain, on his days off, he likes to make French toast... He likes to go to the supermarket and pick out ice creams that he's never tried before. Uh, He likes to go to the zoo and watch the pandas. That seems to be his favorite thing in the whole world. Uh Uh-huh. He's this, he's a panda guy, which- I mean, pandas are cute as fuck. Look, pandas are cute. They're They're very cute. They're abominations against nature, and I don't think they should exist, (laughs) but I will admit they're cute. The earth seems to be uh, against them on a fundamental level. (laughs) They they exist in defiance of nature, not because of it. (laughs) They do. They do, which I think is why humans relate to them so much. (laughs) (laughs) Let us all try and be more like the dumb, gentle panda. Yes, we are all becoming too stupid to even get it in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) That's our destiny. Now, I think you will agree, though, that being a panda lover in the entire pantheon of cute animals is basic as fuck. Yo, yeah. No, it's like being a Dodgers fan. (laughs) You don't know shit about baseball. I tried to make a joke. (laughs) He tried. (laughs) Anyway, he is, and I think you can extrapolate from the panda thing and realize that not only is he basic in every way, Mm -hmm. the show itself is basic. There is a, a, a good quality to that premise i think we could both sit down and hash out an actually interesting version of this show right the hook is solid yeah the hook is already solid and i think that's the most interesting part which is something like that's been done in other anime that i really like i like the whole concept of like 
a superhero just being a job that you do. You know, it's yeah. like you go to school to be a superhero uh, and you have to sign up with like you have to get special permits. <laughs> My Hero Academia. Well, yeah, that's the big one. <laughs> Obviously, One Punch yeah. is like the, the comedy take on that. Yes. Yep. yep. Uh, but I, there's others that that do the same thing. Like even if we go all the way back Tiger to and Bunny. Tiger and Bunny, Tiger and Bunny does I that. was thinking like we can go all the way back to Yu Yu Hakusho, right? Where being a spirit detective is like a job that you do it uh, instead of going to hell. It's like a parolee yeah, thing. You're, you're a cop. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the just mixing like the fantasy with bureaucracy, I think is very funny and they've done it a lot. Yes. I, I get that. I think it's obviously a solid hook is like, so uh, the premise then beyond that is just like, this is what this dude does in a normal day. He's just like a normal ass guy. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it is one of those things. Well, here, so that hook's solid. And we can see a version of this show where like, that's very endearing, mm-hmm. where he kind of goes out in the world and he discovers what like being a human is like, and he develops an affection, right, for humans and and earth i mean how could you not (laughs) oh yeah it's lovely here (laughs) Uh, and the show plays around with that a little bit but it never does really anything it seems to just find a place that it's comfortable with which is uh he goes out in his day he mumbles about you know he wants to destroy the earth but not on his day off because that's his precious day off Mm mm-hmm He encounters a random thing that confounds him for for no reason because he clearly has lots of he could the dude can make French toast on a fundamental level. That is a series of complex steps. You have to have an understanding of a lot of different things to make French toast. It's sort of the uh, to make apple pie from scratch. You must first create the universe kind of thing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But then but then every once in a while he will come across like. Uh, a gotcha machine, right? A mm-hmm. capsule machine. And the capsules are all filled with pandas. And he will stop down and be like, who has shrunk these pandas and captured them in these little capsules? I must liberate them. Which is like, what What are you ta- What the fuck are you talking about? Excuse me. Okay, I think I see what you're talking about. And to make this really work, you do have to kind of stick. You stick to one side. Either he is like totally aware that the whole villain thing is just like a bit that they're all doing together. And, you know, this is his day off and he's just wants to be a normal guy. Yeah. Or commit to the, you know, the Mork and Mindy kind of aspect where he is an alien trying to comprehend Earth culture on his days off. Yes. Mork and Mindy or I don't know. Alf, if we're going to stick in that same uh, realm. <laughs> yeah, are, sure, are, Alf. Are, <laughs> you know, Alf is kind of this character. Um, but this guy doesn't want to eat cats. Uh, he just likes ice cream and, and French toast for the most part. Yeah. But, you know, they can't find the, the sweet spot in terms of his obliviousness. So it comes across as almost completely random. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this dude knows how to use a benefits card. What do they call those things? You tap your card at at the uh, the Seven Eleven. An EBT card? I guess so. Are they EBT cards? He has he has one of those cards, and he can tap it on the machine to buy his groceries. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he like he doesn't understand you know the concept of like a a theme park, like what it e- what it even is or exists for. Yeah, 
See, that's what I'm saying. You have to you have to be consistent in whichever flavor you're doing. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you get these weird this weird mismatch of tone. I think. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't know what's supposed to be funny, whether this is like a, an intentional joke or if he's just being dumb. I can see how that would be weird. It sucks because we we know culture shock comedy exists. Mm-hmm. You know, it's everywhere. This is a tried and true formula. Um, we've tried to maybe tone down the uh, extraordinary racism of the genre in like the last 10, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so let's try to do it less like the BBC did. But this cannot find its its groove just at all. And for that reason, I found it extraordinarily boring. Uh, and I just I can't. It do would it. be it would be funny if if it took like a, a Michael Douglas in falling down turn yes. where something yes. sets him off. <laughs> and uh, instead of like just doing the whole like theater kind of bit that they've been doing, like he actually decides to buckle down and become a real villain for once. That would be a great twist. I think that would upset a lot of the people who show up for the slice of life part. Uh huh. You know, on the flip side, it could also be something like he discovers, I don't know, sweatshops or the prison industrial complex and becomes like, you know, a liberator. An eco-terrorist? Yes, he becomes an eco-terrorist. <laughs> he, he starts fighting for the liberation of the human race instead of its oppression, which would also be a great concept. But no, it, and I think this is a problem I have with a lot of slice of life, quote unquote, slice of life type genre stuff, mm-hmm. is it never seems to find anything interesting on on the secondary level you know the whole simpsons thing is what makes a simpsons joke a simpsons joke is that they have a great joke and then they follow it up with an even better joke yeah uh, it's the, it's the one two punch <laughs> yes it's they pull the the british guy out of the pile of sugar uh, <laughs> and, i'd and do he, it again too he, yes he vows to do it again but these slice of life are they just are too content in doing the most boring version of themselves. So it's bad. It's bad and boring. I don't huh. like this show. I think it sucks. All right. Don't watch it. Yeah, I won't watch it. Uh, I got to fill the hole. So maybe, uh, I don't know. Should I, should I watch Cherry Magic colon 30 years of being a virgin makes you a wizard? I uh, something we used to joke about in when we were playing Magic the Gathering. Yes. So this uh, I decided to watch on a whim because of the title, uh, obviously referencing the 25-year-old <laughs> meme at this yeah. point. Is it even a meme? And I'm like, I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to think back. Is the original version of that joke, like, because I first encountered it as, like, the meme that Alan Moore is a wizard because he's a, because he's a virgin still. <laughs> he's never fucked. Yeah. He has a daughter, but he's never fucked. <laughs> no, I heard it because, like, if you played D&D instead of, like, having a life, uh, you would just end up as the wizard. I suppose that is the um, easier and, and more cruel version of, the, uh, <laughs> of that. You can't, you can't make that comparison anymore, that joke, uh, loosely calling it a joke. Because now, like, hot, cool people, like, play D&D as, like, entertainment for other people. Like, they do it as a TV show. How insulting is that to all the fucking sweaty nerds from, like, the 70s, do you think? I would be pissed. I would be pretty fucking pissed. <laughs> right? You know? 
Yeah, you know, like people who went to jail for selling weed, and now it's like you can buy it at the the fucking like boutique shops around the corner. People who are still in jail for people selling who weed. Are still in jail for selling weed. Yeah. Like, holy shit, I would be fucking pissed. Uh, probably more <laughs> pissed than the D and D guys. Uh, yeah, yeah I think no, it's worse, but hey, not you know, a great comparison. Uh, <laughs> definitely more not- pissed, but you know, the same sentiment is there. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you said this is a show about Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a what women want, but uh, for gay men. Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and so that is actually the one thing I knew about it going into it was that it, it was a boys love show. Right. Well, they're men. Yeah. It feels weird <laughs> to call them boys. They're like 30 years old as the title elucidates. <laughs> that is a valid point <laughs> it's a it's a it's a men's love at this point can we just go back to calling it uh yaoi like i don't know is that term falling out of uh falling out of use if you really like have it- to ask my my sister who is a is a, a bl scholar yeah how to clarify that at some point but i've always thought of yaoi as more pornographic yeah that's that was my feeling as well but yeah uh anyway this is uh about a guy who, as you can tell from the title, uh, was still a virgin by the time he was 30 and thus gained the magical power to read the minds of anybody that he's making contact with. Um, so is this like a, a wish-granting scenario? Does like a little fairy appear to him? And no, bestow? no, there is no... This is apparently a fully realized world-building aspect, right? This no one, no one gave him the power. There was no magical deity or fairy, uh, which don't call them that, dude. That's not cool. <laughs> uh, That's BBC shit. <laughs> it, it, we get a cold open in in the first you know scene. It's his thirtieth birthday, and he's like, "Well, I turned thirty, and I'm still a virgin. I get magical powers now, and and thus he is granted." Uh, I guess he just kind of magically knows. He just kind of tells the audience. He's like, well, I turned 30 and I got the power to read the minds of anybody that I touch. Okay, this is genuinely insane that this is a this is a systematized part of this world okay i should take that back i'm gonna roll that back a little bit because it's not unclear nobody gave him the powers but also nobody else like has powers so no one else has powers not that i not that we see in the first episode at least i can't say that for sure there's six episodes out but so there's not a lot of virgins running around with like telekinesis (laughs) or shit like that it's there's there's no mention of other people having like 30 year old virgin powers he just kind of intrinsically knows it about himself (laughs) it's fucking weird yeah that's really weird it it is weird and you know what's even weirder is like okay uh, putting all that aside if you one day woke up and found that you had the power to read minds yep. by touching people mm-hmm. would you or would you not be stoked about that um you know i would be happy on one hand that it is touch based because the idea of hearing people's thoughts all the time like as a, a more traditional uh telepath is horrifying you know i i find the the whole cerebro aspect of telepathy to be absolutely fucking horrifying <laughs> okay obama (laughs) i so i i do like that it would be by touch i can choose i can pick and choose the scenarios in which i read people's minds but 
Also, the only people I am touching are probably people I'm pretty close with. And those are the people I'm the least comfortable with reading their minds. You know what I mean? As you absolutely should be. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I wouldn't that's... want you to hear any of the things I think about you. <laughs> no. And I don't want to. <laughs> I do not want to know. Keep that <laughs> shit to yourself. Uh, <laughs> I think most people would agree. Uh, you Well, okay. So you differ from this guy because he is absolutely nonplussed by this power yeah he is in fact disappointed by this power he thinks it's boring as fuck okay was he expecting something better or is i this think he may like... have been expecting something better okay because he you know we the first kind of characterization we get of him is him kind of expositing to the audience give filling them in on his personal situation you know he's 30 he's a virgin he got magical powers and don't get excited though, because I got the drabbest one is what he calls it. The drabbest wow. one. That's not the drabbest one. Not at all. It is absolutely not even close. No, I, when he said that I was expecting something like, I don't know, maybe he can dry tables really fast after watching them. <laughs> <laughs> he always wins at the claw game. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, something like that. Uh, I always, I always win at, at uh, Pokemon cards. <laughs> uh, I'm 30 years old and I'm beating the shit out of these children at Pokemon. Cards. No, that's drab. That is sad. So yeah, no, he, he's like, yeah, I got the, I got the boringest one. I can read minds, but only if I touch people. I guess maybe that paired with the fact that he's a virgin, uh, obviously implying that he doesn't touch a lot of people. Sure. Uh, so, you know, his his powers are limited to bumping into people on the train and hearing their thoughts or like occasionally when a cashier will hand him his change back. Right. He'll get like a glimpse of what they're thinking. Well, I don't want to go like rules lawyering right away here, but like. What counts as touching? Do we get right, a did, breakdown? Did, no, we do not. Um, okay. Assuming any physical contact he's making with people, whether or not there is a layer of like fabric in between them. Uh-huh. I think we're going with the loose rules of just whatever counts as his being, which, you know, in animation mm. terms, it does include clothes. Okay. All right. I, I don't like that, but okay. anything that touches his hitboxes, let's go with that. <laughs> okay. Anything that enters his hitbox. I, yeah. All right. All right. Fine. Okay. Here's my other question. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much you watched, but do we get an explanation of his virginity? We do not. Not at all. He just, he says, I made it to 30 without having sex. And he seems, Damn. I get the impression that he wasn't really trying. And this concept does kind of lead into the whole romance angle of the of the show because he he goes to work and he discovers that his he got transferred to a new department or something and he discovers that his new coworker slash senpai is the tallest most handsomest guy in the whole company and wouldn't you know it he secretly has a crush on on our main character wow that is really lucky mm -hmm. isn't that super lucky yeah isn't his power actually that he's incredibly lucky because <laughs> that sounds like the luckiest shit that could possibly happen well you him. see he doesn't feel very lucky because uh according to him he's definitely totally not gay so it's like Wow, it would really it would really be great if I were gay so I could reciprocate this guy's feelings, but I'm not. Okay, so so this is why he's a virgin. Yes. 
because uh, he reached thirty and he has not hashed out his own um, his own sexual preferences. He, he, he's a virgin because he's thirty and he's still way deep in the closet. Yeah, he's even tricked himself. Mm-hmm. Oh well, now I'm feel bad for this guy. Yeah, and so the rest of the first episode is kind of setting up this initial. Uh, meet cute between these guys, right? You know, they they have to work late one night, and because now he knows this guy has a crush on him, there is unresolved sexual tension. Yeah, that he misses his last train home, <laughs> and wouldn't you know it? Uh, I can't afford a taxi. Oh, don't worry, you can stay over at my house tonight. I have an extra futon. Uh, and so, wow. through the course Very of the episode, slick. I know. Slick. Wow. Well, and and so the entire time he's saying like, wow, I feel really guilty about letting this guy be so nice to me because I'm not gay. So that really sucks for him. Uh, And, and eventually, and I'm, I just want to, I just want to be upfront. That lasts for all of maybe eight minutes of the episode. Oh, okay. Because by the end he is like, well, Hey, wait a minute. If this guy likes me so much, why isn't he? Why hasn't he made a move on me yet? Like that's the whole thing. He keeps like ending up in these situations where it's like, oh wow, this guy is about to pounce on me. He he loves me so much that he's gonna that he's gonna go all gay on me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, but he doesn't. He just like keeps acting like a regular dude. You know, like you would. He's just a little forward. Just a little more forward. He's not even forward. He just, this is all colored by the fact that this guy can read his mind. Outwardly. Oh, he's just, he's literally reading into it. Yes, he's literally okay. reading into it. Outwardly, this dude is just being like, you know, a cool dude. Uh, and obviously, every situation can be read two ways, but, you know, he never did anything untoward. He's a gentleman. Yeah. And by the end of the episode, our main dude is like, well, wait a minute, uh, why isn't this guy asking me out yet? <laughs> I Maybe I kind of want him to ask me out. Okay, okay, so he's starting to get his feet under him. Yeah, and so that's where, that's where we end, uh, the first episode. And I thought that beyond the absurdity of the premise, it was, like, pretty cute as far as rom-com, you know, meet-cutes go. Like, it was all right. Sure, sure. It, it's, it's not the worst take on queer people that i've ever seen in anime (laughs) yeah i've i've seen worse yeah so i don't know yeah i'd 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 watch another episode i'd commit to at least one more episode okay i'm really curious you know the the thing i immediately flash to is like two episodes in or whatever this just pivots hard into like a battle manga that's exactly what i want to know (laughs) because the unresolved aspect of whether or not other people have virgin powers is driving me crazy yeah that is a huge question mark I guess you're not supposed to take it too seriously, right? But like, well, how no, can you obviously, not? Well, no, obviously this is just a setup. So we have a situation where where this guy can feel emboldened to be true to himself to come out because he knows that he has someone that already likes him. Yes. That's the hook. Right. Yeah. But, you know, again, I, I hate to uh, trample on other people's, uh, <laughs> you know, fictional work, but Uh-oh. I would have... Um, gotten rid of the turns 30 and gets powers angle because it is sort of just a big distraction as we are talking about and revealing now yeah why couldn't he just have it from birth and then you can play it like that's one of the reasons he doesn't get close to people is because he's uncomfortable reading people's minds like uh that manga i talked about a long time ago about the boy who has the skin condition 
where anyone who makes skin contact with him immediately blurts out their deepest secrets. A uh, kind of a lasso of truth situation. Exactly, exactly. So he becomes distant and he starts, he always wears like protective clothing and stuff because it makes him so uncomfortable that people tell him their secrets. (laughs) He got sick of people telling him their anime recommendations. They're secret ones. <laughs> He's like, I'm done with this bullshit. But at the same time, it gives him such an interesting perspective on other people that he's like an incredibly understanding person mm-hmm. about other people's foibles because they just come up to him and then they're like, uh, you know, hey, good game. They touch his arm and they go like, oh, I want to fuck you. <laughs> oh, what? why did I say that? Oh, f- oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, no. I think that's such a better angle on it, and it gives us such a more solid foundation for his character in this world. Well, it's all you you start from the joke, right? Yeah. 30 year old virgins get magical powers, and then you backfill from there. Uh, obviously, it, it was just a jumping off point. I don't think, yeah, to me, like you were saying, I don't think that we're supposed to care that much. But, right. but just the implications of it on the story are incredibly distracting. It's really all I can think about. I just want to know if there are other wizards yeah. in this setting. I know, right? And do they all have mind-reading powers or do they all get... Because the way he said it, he said, I got the drabbest one. That makes it sound <laughs> like there are other more exciting powers that, that you have a chance of getting. That is the implication is that everybody rolls a dice and then they just get something random. If he had gotten like i don't know uh fireball powers or something do you think that would like stop him from coming out eventually (laughs) i you know what maybe that would give finally give him the confidence boost he needs to like really self-actualize because he's like well i mean who's gonna fuck with me i have fireball powers i could do whatever the fuck i want yeah. There, see, there are many ways to approach this story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that, that's all. I, that's all I've got on that. Yeah. Yeah. What if he had ended up with Rogue's powers? Right. Yeah. Like, like he touches his crush, and then they like <laughs> they wither up and die. They get all sickly and weak. Yeah, they wither up and die. And he's like, well, that's why I'm a virgin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's very confusing, and it was it was honestly the most intriguing part of it. So, yeah, I don't know if I, how long I'll continue after I get the answer to that question, but I want the answer. I want the answer. I would love to know. <laughs> just, yeah, straight up implying that there are just other powered individuals out there who are also having strange relationship problems. That would be great if if we get a pivot to to other 30 year old versions and they're all having weird interpersonal problems. <laughs> What if, what if it what if it takes a huge turn? And it turns out it has nothing to do with being thirty, and it's actually just closeted gay men get powers. <laughs> that would also be good. That would be so crazy. I would love that. Honestly, I would love that. <laughs> wow, Jesus Christ. Okay, well, I watched that anime. Did you read any anime? I read some anime. You know, I had gotten back on the reading anime horse. So I have th- I have another list here. We can knock out some more manga. Do you want to? Do you want to take a, uh, a pick and and we can just go over it? Yeah, let's. Um, well, you know what? Since you just put this one on here, you wanted to talk about it, uh, and yeah. I like the title. Uh, tell me about Curiosity Killed the Schoolgirl. <laughs> okay, I started reading Curiosity Killed the Schoolgirl by Seichi Takahashi 
and uh, somebody called Sunday Webry, if that is your real name. Sounds fishy to me. <laughs> and I really like this. This is in the style of Azumanga Dayo, Nichijo, uh, Asobi Asobase, which I told uh, we talked about a little bit. I said I, I really loved Asobi Asobase. I thought it was so funny. That's the one about just hanging out, right? Yeah, the three girls just hanging out. Uh, they make their own hanging out club, like fucking around club, basically. And uh, they're all very conflicting personality types. That's the one uh, where the blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl pretends like she doesn't know Japanese. Uh, she pretends she's a foreigner uh, <laughs> for a long time, and she's just fucking with her classmates. Uh, great bit. Uh, Love which that. I is a, it's a great show. It's such a good bit. I would, I would do that. That would be my thing. <laughs> so in the tradition of uh, the, the schoolgirl friend comedy thing, uh, Curiosity Killed the Schoolgirl is sort of like a crazy, absurdist comedy about two conflicting personalities coming closer together and forming like a, a, an inseparable bond. And this one, unlike Asobi Asobase, more like Pop Team Epic or Nichijou, and, and Nichijou gets a little absurdist sometimes. This one a little more so. This one's more gag-centric, you'd say? This is this is way more absurdist. So, like, a, a, a chapter will be, like, it's Christmas time, right? And they're talking about Christmas and how they don't get presents because Santa isn't real. And then they come across uh, a reindeer who has been abandoned on the side of the street. And they're like, reindeer, why are you abandoned? And the reindeer goes, Santa kicked us all out because he's using cheetahs now because they're so much faster. <laughs> and they're like, that's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> We're going to challenge Santa to a fucking race. And so they do. And Santa shows up with his sled pulled by cheetahs. And he's like, there's absolutely no fucking way I'd ever lose to you loser-ass reindeers. And they, go, they embark on a training journey where they train this reindeer up. And they come up with this plan. And they, they race the cheetahs and the reindeers. Uh, and at the last second, the cheetahs and the reindeers are so desperate to be Santa's sleigh pullers that they are about to commit suicide. And the girls have to stop them from committing suicide and explain to Santa that like these these two animals care so much about you how could you cast them aside and Santa's like damn girls I never even thought about that uh, here's some presents uh, so, like that is that is uh, one chapter that's like a typical okay, style well, of joke sounds awesome I love that it fucking rules it's so good yeah you know, I'm looking I'm flipping through the first chapter right now just looking at the art style uh, I'm really digging this. It's got like a very cartoony, very playful uh, style to it. Yes, I love the style. Uh, Non-traditional head shapes. Gotta love that. <laughs> yes, lots of strange textures. Yeah. Definitely more on the uh, kind of uh, big cartoony broad side of the art, but like still very detailed and fun. <laughs> it's just... It's absolutely fantastic. And like I, I mentioned before, this falls into sort of the the schoolgirl friendship style comedy, which I think Nate had some reservations, pushed back on me a little bit. But I kept saying like, it's interesting that these are like the comedies that hit the hardest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is these like these schoolgirl uh, comedies that are just about like female friendship and just, you know, that experience and... I guess, like, metaphorize that with all this absurdist comedy. <laughs> I think that stuff is fucking 
interesting. It's interesting that that is the stuff that is the funniest and not like, you know, I, it's hard for me to even think of other styles of comedy like hit as hard as this. Like, what are your, what are your favorite anime comedies? I can't think of any like very specific <laughs> comedies, honestly, that, that, that go super hard. Um, one punch man comes to mind, but, but yeah, I, one punch man is very fun. I think even one punch man, uh, I think kind of gets in on itself with the whole superhero aspect after a while. It's not just being a parody of, of hero, uh, manga anymore. It's like, it is just the thing. It's just doing the thing after it. It, te- it tends to do the thing for a while. Yeah. There yeah. are large stretches of one punch man where it is just doing the thing, which I don't hate. I, I like One Punch Man a lot. I don't I don't even hate the parts where it's my, being serious. My favorite style of of anime comedy is is always the ones that make fun of of anime back, right? You know, the <laughs> yeah. the animation gag bits in Fooly Cooly, uh, Magical Shopping Arcade, Abinabashi. Yeah, uh, that's just kind of ta- that's just kind of you know taking the piss out of everybody. BBC style. And the, their America, their America dude is is by far the funniest America dude in anime. <laughs> yes, he's really uh, good. Excel Saga. Yes, but even that one, after a while, that's that's more on the on the cute girl spectrum than on the serious self-parody spectrum. I find like a lot of uh, comedy that isn't that it's like male centric comedy in manga tends to be rom-coms, right? Well, yeah. And it's, or battle manga that have jokes in them. Well, okay. So male centric rom-coms though are uh, almost exclusively just like the joke is that it's horny. (laughs) Yes. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. I was thinking of hundred girlfriends, uh, you know, that's that came out recently mm-hmm. and that it literally the joke over and over again is like, oh, these girls want to fuck him. Yeah, that's that's where the humor comes from for the most part. You know, it's literally the one joke they have <laughs> about about it. <laughs> yeah, the only one actually, you know, the only one that I can think of would be something like Mob Psycho. Right. That's a good comedy. Mob Psycho is very funny. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's also kind of battle manga. You know what I mean? There yeah, are again, it, it does not. It's not exempt from just doing the thing sometimes. Yes. You know, I've read a few one shots that are very funny. Fujimoto does very funny things in a lot of his comics, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, they're not particularly comedies uh, all the time. I, I don't I'd be hard pressed to describe uh, some of his stuff as straight comedy. Except for maybe Fire Punch, you know, that was very funny. <laughs> Fire Fire Punch is the greatest uh, <laughs> modern comedy. Yeah. Oh. Oh man, rolling in the aisles. I mean, if if you don't think the final panel of Fire Punch was a very funny punchline, uh I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you need to go back and read Battle Angel Alita. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, get some context. So that's that's Curiosity Killed the Schoolgirl. I think it fucking rolls. Okay. Well, yeah, that, uh, I'm going to check this out because I, like I said, I flipped through it and I really like the art uh, and it sounds like, uh, sounds like it's pretty funny. So yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, it fucking rules. Okay. Uh, okay, let's, let's take a break. And um, like I said before, we're going to come back with some fucking JoJo. You know what it is. Hell let's yeah, it's it. JoJo time. Thank you. 
Welcome back. Anime Death Spiral here again. And, uh, you know, I did watch some other anime besides Cherry Magic. <laughs> 30 years of being a virgin makes you a wizard. Wow, that didn't satisfy you? No. You needed more? I needed more. So, you know, I decided to finish watching the last, like, 20 episodes or so that I had left of of Stone Ocean, the Stone Ocean uh, anime. Yep. Uh, Went back to the well. Yep. Gotta have my JoJo's. And you know what? With that, I am fully caught up on all of the animated JoJo. I'm, like, halfway to being a JoJo completist. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Doubt. Oh! Objection. You haven't watched uh, Rohan Kishibe miniseries. Oh, shit. You're right. I haven't. Yeah. You know, thank you for reminding because uh, I am actually looking forward to watching that. Yep. They rule. I, I do love Ro- The Spake Ro- uh, Rohan Kishibe. Is that what it's called? Yep. The Spake Rohan Kishibe. Are they full episodes or are they like like little? Yeah, like... they're full. No, they're full episodes. Oh, okay. Cool. Each one's a little story. I mean, and Rohan is obviously... Not just fan favorite, but like Araki fucking loves Rohan. He's become the Araki avatar in the Jojo verse. Uh, And he kicks ass. What do you mean become? Is that not why he was there in the first place? Did Araki not consider Rohan like at least a little bit of a self insert? Well, probably. I mean, how could you not? You're drawing a manga about a guy who's drawing manga. But I think probably at the beginning he thought like, oh, well, this is a a fun concept for another stand user, right? Is a guy who uses manga as his stand. That's cool. But I think over time he's really evolved into like a much more interesting character. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get it because Rohan kicks ass. He's fucking cool as hell. I love this dude. Uh, top tier Joe bro. He's shown up in Hawaii. So he is, he is a, an integral part of the new, the most uh, recent arc as well. Now, uh, I wonder, are we, uh, are we okay to talk full, full on Jojo here? Are we doing a spoiler zone? Well, you obviously can't because you're not caught up on Jojo. Uh, well, no, but I know enough about where I currently am to extrapolate some things about future Jojo. <laughs> Dog. You don't know shit. Well, I, what I'm asking is, uh, it, obviously, you know, uh, <laughs> and all the Joe Bros out there know that at the end of Stone Ocean, Iraqi did a full a full reset, right? In fact, he does it twice. We get we get two full uh, universal rotations to get to a new universe. <laughs> Uh, yes, um, things will never be the same again. You can't go home again. Yeah, you never go home again, especially not Emporio, which is a type of living hell that he ended up in. (laughs) Oh, that poor kid. I mean, I can't think of anything worse than having that, the burden of that knowledge. I can't. That, that would suck. And he lost all his friends. I mean, he kind of met them again and they were super keen to like, uh, the new ones be friends with him. It seemed they gave him a ride. Yeah. I mean, they're (laughs) chill with him, but they don't know how much of a badass he is now. They also didn't go through all that shit together. You know that? Yeah, exactly. They didn't trauma bond. Yeah. So I guess what I was wondering is like, obviously this is a new version of Rohan that's showing up in the current jojo art uh yes it's it's not it's not classic rohan it's new world yeah, Rohan. but you know what that dude is his his whole thing is so well defined even a universal reset can't like change the inherent 
uh, Kishi Bayness of him. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I get that because I think that applies to all the characters, right? There's still a JoJo, <laughs> uh, from what I understand. There's still Dio walking around in Steel Ball Run, just a different one. Do you think Jolene would have made up uh, with Jotaro if that whole shit hadn't gone down, though? Uh, she was pissed at him. Yeah, I think eventually she was fucking pissed at him. Yeah. And I don't she know. should be. He's an asshole. Listen, listen, if it wasn't the stuff with Poochie, it would have been someone else. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know for sure. Yeah, that's true. Hey, there, there's a lot of weird ass stand users out there, okay? Stand users are drawn together by fate, so we know for a fact that uh, you know, something would have happened. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. Uh I I like Stone Ocean, uh, and and I liked the anime. It wasn't I you can tell that there were some some issues with this season. Because compared to the animation quality on previous seasons, uh, especially Diamond is Unbreakable, which was like goddamn awesome to look at every episode. Uh, I really <laughs> liked Diamond is Unbreakable anime. Yeah, we we take some some sharp quality declines throughout this one. A lot of relying on still reaction frames uh, without really much uh, animation going on around it. You know what I'm talking about? Well. Yeah, you know, produced yeah, in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm willing to give them some, you know. some slack. I'm not, you know. <laughs> it doesn't help. I liked it. Like, I already said that. I, I didn't di- I didn't not enjoy it. Yeah. But it was no Vento Oreo. It was no Diamond is Unbreakable. Sure. It, 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 it wasn't even a Stardust Crusaders, which is my favorite arc, but it, it's definitely not... <laughs> The best animated one. Sure, sure. I mean, I will have to deduct a couple of feminism points from you. Oh, what? Calling the the only female-led JoJo the worst one is... Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, just on a technicality, I will have to subtract some feminism <laughs> coins from your pocket. <laughs> I, you're uh, using sorry. stuff I said outside of the show against me. <laughs> I didn't even get to the part where I said I think it's the worst one. Uh, well, do you think it's the worst one? Uh... Well, I mean, technically, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Here listen, we go. Listen, there Here we is go. a very thin, there is a very <laughs> small amount of space in my heart between all of these, okay? Uh, you're saying it's a photo finish. It is an absolute photo finish. Okay. Uh, okay. Diamond is Unbreakable just happens to come to come in fifth. <laughs> all right. Buy a, buy a hair. That's all I'm Diamond saying. Diamond is Unbreakable? Or no, uh, Stone Ocean. Stone Ocean. I think Diamond is Unbreakable wins out against Stardust Crusaders for me. All right, all right, all right. Not the most controversial opinion, but okay, all right. It's no, I think my good. most controversial opinion is that I liked is that I like uh, Phantom Blood more than Stone Ocean. <laughs> I mean, that is wild. <laughs> I, I've always been of the opinion that Phantom Blood kicks ass. I think it kicks ass. I realize why people have a hard time starting there. I mean, I get it. But, man, the, the Dio Jojo story is, like, so fucking intense. It's so good. It's so cool. It sets up the entire dramatic core of everything that happens afterwards. I think you, you guys just, you got to give it a shot. You got to power through. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Honestly, in my opinion, I guess, you know, I hate to say this, but I think, uh, I think Battle Tendency is the weakest if if I had to put it on a list, you know, I battle tendency goes squarely in between Phantom Blood and and Stone Ocean for me. Yeah, uh, I just I have a real soft spot for Joseph and 
the younger Zeppeli. Yes. Shit, what's his name? His name is Caesar. Caesar, thank you, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a real soft spot for Joseph and Caesar's friendship. Uh, I thought that was really fun, the way they played off each other, because... You know, usually what you would do in that situation is you have one guy be like, you know, the taciturn straight man. And then you have the other one that's like the uh, the wild card. But they were both scamps. Uh, they were they oh, were yeah. peas in a pod. Absolutely. I, I, I jo- Joseph is one of, I mean, absolutely top three Jojos. Uh-huh. Joseph fucking rules. I love Joseph. And Caesar is the first modern Joe bro as well. Yeah. So like it's very hard. It's very hard to put these up against each other. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it suffers being just the one before stands. Sure. I think it, that hurts. That hurts I think it suffers bit. from being the one that has uh good Nazis in it. <laughs> that, you know what? Between the good Nazis thing and Smokey Brown, the uh, <laughs> little black boy who is dropped like 10 chapters in because Araki's like, oh, no. And uh, grows up to be to the ju- mayor of Chicago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I don't I don't know, man. That's that's a little tough. But I mean, OK, Battle Tendency uh, is bottom tier in terms of uh, cultural sensitivity. Yeah, there's some there's some <laughs> shit going on. Battle Tendency is the least wokest Jojo. <laughs> Yeah, and Joseph just, like, straight up fucks around, too. Not cool, man. Yeah, uh, I feel like that was almost a bit of a of a backwards character assassination for Joseph in Stardust Crusaders and... Uh, and Diamond is Unbreakable? Yeah. I, I am not excusing his behavior or adultery uh, or anything like that, uh, but I do kind of think in a purely a characterization kind of way, I do like that he fucks around. I think that's, like, kind of a bold characterization well we were we were talking about this before we started recording but all of the jojos besides joseph kind of get that uh you know anime pro tag chasteness uh quality right yes they're they're almost non-sexual beings uh except for joseph who is canonically the one who fucks he fucks he definitely well too much too much it it caused him issues yes he fucks too much jonathan was obviously uh he had a bride they were taking a romantic cruise together and all that stuff so he's a little bit up there yeah but you know know, he was he was a victorian englishman he closed his eyes (laughs) and thought of the queen yeah yeah uh and uh, you know the weirdest one of course is that in stone ocean jotaro has fucked somebody enough times that they actually had a child together yeah Yeah, but we don't talk about the mom she's not important and you know you would not know it from his his personality or behavior okay well okay stone ocean is the one that uh confirms that in that time during stardust crusaders where dio was just like waiting around for the joe bros to show up he was fucking that whole time. Oh, yeah. Like, that was all he was doing. No, Dio is extraordinarily sexual. Yeah. He is a sexual being. It's interesting when you point it out now that the v- canonical overarching, like, biggest villain in the series is also the one who has uh, the most sexual agency as a character. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what I find the most interesting part of that is that oftentimes characters who are sexually liberated in manga and anime are women and Mm -hmm. evil women and (laughs) what makes them evil 
is usually a direct correlation to how sexually liberated they are. Uh, yeah, that's some old <laughs> you know? school misogyny. Yep, it's a it's a very old school shit. So in the in in making that trope into Dio, the strongest vampire. <laughs> he was vamping all over the place. Yeah, there's just some interesting gender dynamics at play here. Uh, definitely something weird about making that, uh, you know, fucking a priest of of all things. Well, I mean, that's that's just good old-fashioned comedy. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> that's a good joke. <laughs> that's just pure irony, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. We are, we are busting out of Stone Ocean into a, a full a full cannonball into the JoJo pool. So what what I want to do just to keep this light and on track is uh <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> You know, we could talk about each each season. I want to do like a, a a JoJo playlist, if you will. Obviously, one of the biggest markers of JoJo is that Araki loves to do extremely heavy-handed musical references. I mean, it, to the point where they have to legally change the names of almost every character <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, in the American the, localizations. Yes, to the point where he is actually fucking with the copyright of the show <laughs> you know japan had to write special copyright laws specifically around jojo's bizarre adventure <laughs> so we might as well uh look at jojo through that lens right sure i think of every almost every season of jojo as like a road trip you're going on uh some more explicit than others obviously oh, like yeah. stardust crusaders but all of them are are adventures right uh, every good adventure needs a good soundtrack. Absolutely, and the soundtrack to our season one, Phantom Blood. This was I want to say eighty six or eighty seven is when Phantom Blood premiered. I don't know. Tell me if I'm right. I feel like that's a good yeah, guess. Yeah, Phantom. So Phantom Blood, season one, uh, manga one, began publishing in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, I was on the mark. Phantom Blood, of course, being the the shortest. Uh, only ran to October of the same year. Uh, I I think these have the strongest standing for best soundtrack because I mean I'm looking. We have Queen. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's let's do let's do our 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 little mixtape. You give me a couple, uh, and I'll give you a couple that are going to end up on my my shitty burned CD that you're going to forget about because I forgot to <laughs> use a sharpie and mark it. We're just picking a few from each one to make up our mixtape here. Is that the Yeah, tell pick a pick one and then tell me about how the the character and then the music. I mean, if we're being all inclusive, I'm I'm going to lay claim to Roundabout right away. I think that's the most <laughs> iconic JoJo song there is at this point. So, I'm calling that. I'm calling it right now. All right, all right. Roundabout is great. Mm -hmm. Absolute fucking stone cold classic. What else is on your mixtape? Uh, I'm going to go with Eleanor Rigby, uh, the Beatles <laughs> classic. Okay, you can definitely have that one. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, oh, we got Jeff Beck on here. I'm going to take him. Hell yeah. Oh, now that's that's tough. I, yeah. I, I have a couple of Jeff Beck albums. <laughs> All right, what, what do you got? What do you want from okay, this one? Okay, well, I have to admit, I was never a huge fan of Dio, Ronnie James. Obviously, uh, the eponymous Dio, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I liked I liked a couple of his when he was in when he was in Black Sabbath. I definitely like some of that era. I think it's very funny that he represents Dio because <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a, I can't think of someone who looks or resembles Dio the vampire yeah, any, less any less than than Ronnie James yeah. Dio the person. Yes, but 
absolutely perfect in tenor with how dramatic they both are. <laughs> they, I mean, they both absolutely have a uh, flair for the dramatic, uh, the theatrical. Yes. Now, of course, in Phantom Blood, we meet uh, Zeppeli the first, right? Mm-hmm. Who is a pretty heavy-handed reference to Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, yep. right? In terms of JoJo, maybe it's a little too on the nose, but like Immigrant Song is obviously right fucking there. I think Immigrant Song kind of fucking rules for JoJo. Oh, absolutely, man! That opening riff, yeah, with the chugging guitar, yeah, it kicks ass. But it's also like going to new lands and like <laughs> the fighting the unknown. We don't have to get into uh, some of the underlying, um, let's call them tensions. Uh, that you could read into that. Now, I think what I want to go for is, uh, you know, we have briefly in the story, we have Tom Petty, right? I was wondering if you were going to take him. Yeah, I would definitely go. Tom Petty, is he's another uh, master of the sunlight magic that they use in Phantom Blood. <laughs> I think he was one. Of, he was also one of the one of Zeppeli's uh, disciples mm-hmm. and <laughs> could not be. Uh, more obvious that that is Tom Petty, right? Right, obviously. Tom Petty, uh, pretty up and down for me. I definitely, I'm not like the biggest fucking fan, but some pretty fucking kick-ass Heartbreaker songs. I also think it's extremely funny that he was in the Traveling Wilburys. <laughs> <laughs> the f- fucking, biz- the most bizarre project in music, I think. Hey, they were the first super band. Oh, God. <laughs> Is there anything worse in music than super bands? They were they were the Stardust Crusaders of their time. Oh god, yeah, yeah. The real <laughs> bros. I wonder if they f- I think they fucking hated each other. I really think so. Oh, absolutely. Like after chewing for a little while. Absolutely. You know, and I would definitely put like, you know, we've got you know, it's funny that he basically just puts Jimmy Page John Jones, Robert Plant, and John Bonham as characters just straight in the story, too. I, for, I forgot I could have just pulled that. <laughs> I think I would also pull, like, Sticks. I'm not a huge Sticks fan. I don't know anybody who is a huge Sticks fan. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I, don't, I don't know anybody either. <laughs> Definitely. You know, there's obviously a couple of bangers in the Sticks catalog uh, <laughs> that I would pull. I think that's my Phantom Blood mixtape. Yeah. As much as I want to give it to Ario Speedwagon, it's just not there for me. I only like that one song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one song. We all know. That one song. I don't even I don't even remember what it's called, but I do it at karaoke sometimes. You know, I I wanted to I want to look at Battle Tendency because this one is actually the hardest one for me to like pick stuff from. Yeah. There's not a lot on here that I think uh, uh is is like super stand out. You know, we got what, like King Crimson. It's like a pretty good one. I'm not a super huge fan of theirs. Lisa, Lisa, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, <laughs> I'm gonna take ACDC, the, uh, the Pillar Men. You know, I think those are all, those, yeah. they got the best ones. They got the best names. They did, they did. You know, the Pillar Men are, there are bad guys for, for part two. Mm-hmm. It just straight up pulls Santana from Wham, from ACDC, and from the Cars. That's like, that's come just on, their man. names. You're, it's just their names. Yeah, you're just. Stacking the deck, like, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we got Susie Quattro on here, Susie Q, uh, allegedly Smokey Brown, the uh, now grown-up mayor of Chicago. Uh, <laughs> he was allegedly a a smash reference of Smokey Robinson and James Brown. Yes, I mean James Brown's got some bangers. Uh, James Brown uh, got some bangers. James Brown is 
probably the single greatest name on this entire fucking list. Oh, for sure. The inimitable James Brown. We don't have to talk about his personal life. Uh, um, but <laughs> goddamn. I mean, literally the fucking legend. And uh, I don't know. They attribute round on this list. They attribute roundabout to battle tendency. But uh, I know that's not true. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's it's tough because like, goddamn, I guess, you know, if you claim ACDC, I'm I'm definitely claiming the cars. Yeah, like, for sure. All right. Well, then I want I want Santana uh, because of, <laughs> uh, you know, his, his famous collaboration with Matchbox 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the greatest thing Santana ever did. Smooth. Yeah. With Rob Thomas. What about Maria Maria? You didn't like that one? Uh, it didn't have Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty in it. No, it did not. It did not. So, uh, what do you think the What do you think my answer is? Huh? I mean, super. I have Supernatural on disc somewhere. Um, <laughs> Santana's fucking great. Uh, very uh, important to my life. Battle Tendency is a little thinner for me on in terms of that. You know, we have Kenny Loggins, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like a real eh. Steely Dan is is in this season. The MacGuffin of this season is named after a Steely Dan song. Uh, I do not like Steely Dan. I really despise (laughs) Steely Dan. (laughs) I don't like that. Uh, Jeff Beck is name-checked again. He's one of, like, the bad guys in the second half, I think. We've got another fucking Beatles thing. So I guess that's that's kind of me. I'm that's the wrap on my on my. Yeah. I guess CCR. You know, CCR gets name-checked here, which is kind of cool. I like CCR. But that's kind of it for me. Well, you're in luck because next we have Stardust Crusaders and who boy do uh do the options open up here? Oh yeah, I'm gonna right off the bat. I'm gonna take uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Great, great Stone song. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder who they stole it from. Well, I mean these are these are attacks uh, from uh, Red <laughs> Magician, right? He's got several different ideas. Crossfire Hurricane. Yeah. Uh, you remember that lyric? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's go back and forth. How about that? Okay. And, and, and then in my case, I'm going straight to Paula Abdul, who they claim uh, Avdol was named after. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that connection, but I'm like way into it. You know, uh, she was a Laker girl. She was on um, American Idol. I almost forgot what the show was called. Uh, <laughs> did you know uh, she was in The Running Man, of course? Uh, shit, was she? Yeah, yeah, she was. Oh, man. I can't remember who she played, but I do remember she was in that movie. Not a great singer. Her career fizzled out pretty hard, but uh, just a great personality. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, go right past you for a second here. Okay, okay. Uh, I did not I did not realize that the whole reason that they're going to Egypt to find Dio is because there is a Ronnie James Dio song called egypt uh so i'm taking Uh, that one yeah you like that one yeah uh i haven't even listened to the song i'm just taking it for the joke alone i don't know if i've heard that dio song to be honest it's called egypt and then in parentheticals the chains are on yeah like i said i i didn't listen to a lot of the solo stuff (laughs) so let's see okay in that case I am. I'm very tempted to pull Captain and Tennille just because that's fucking funny, but uh, I don't like their music. I mean, obviously, I would have to go for. Uh, again, this is dubious, but they claim that uh, forever. Oh damn! Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna the, take that one. <laughs> the uh, ape whose stand is an entire battleship. 
uh, is is named after the Wu Tang album Wu Tang Forever, which I don't I don't think that's true. I don't um, think that's true either. And if it was true, that would like open up some really bad implications. Yeah, like <laughs> about what, this whole thing. What does that mean? Um, yeah. But, uh, hey, I can't pass up Wu-Tang. I mean, that is straight up as a little Jewish kid. Uh, uh, Wu-Tang was pretty revelatory for me. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where the manga uh, backs this up, but this list is claiming that Kakyoin's favorite musician is Sting. Uh, I guess that kind of makes sense for the character. I'd believe it. Yeah, uh, in the sense that anybody whose favorite musician is Sting is probably like a creepy weirdo who does stuff with his tongue. Yeah, kind of a weirdo. Now, the yeah. question for me would be like, is it post-police? Well, it, I would ab- absolutely say it's post-police. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's evil at first. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I'm not choosing that one. That's not on my list. Uh, I actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, Devo. From the character Devo the Cursed. Oh, of course. Yeah. Devo the Cursed is very funny. That's such <laughs> a funny name. He's he's the one that kills Avdol, right? He's got the uh the stand that can disappear anything like forever by eating right, it. Right, right. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. He he appears like right at the very end of the story. He's like this what Dio's like top lieutenant. Right, yeah, yeah. He's one of the mini bosses. Yeah. Um, okay. In that case, uh, you know, you know, I, I have to go again. I'm one, not 100% sure how they're pulling this, but Holland Oates, uh, they claim whole horse is named after Holland Oates, which I guess, you know, maybe. Isn't it named, uh, is it named after like a song title? Uh, I, maybe, do they have a song called whole horse or or is just the japanese way of saying hall and oats sounds like whole horse <laughs> is be. that what they're implying maybe uh but you know man eater okay well, love that song i mean she's a man eater she's a man eater also makes its way into metal gear solid 5 uh <laughs> in sort of an offensive way Do, does yeah, anything I, not like <laughs> show up in metal gear solid in in a non-offensive way in an inoffensive way i don't know but you know hey uh r.i.p whole horse he got played pretty hard yeah he sucked he was a loser taken out by grandma Mm -hmm. uh okay well then i am going to absolutely uh i'm taking claim to oingo boingo on here i gotta oh you have to i I knew you wouldn't pass that one up yeah no that's my jam uh, I could make a whole playlist out of just Oingo Boingo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by which I mean I'll use my wife's playlist. Hey, babe, give me the Oingo Boingo list. I need to look at it. Hey, share it with me on Spotify. <laughs> you know what? What sucks, this is an anti-pick, but Steely Dan is again referenced in this season. Uh, yeah. I just don't like that. I really th- wish he would lay off. I mean, obviously, Araki really likes Steely Dan. <laughs> he must, right? Keeps bringing him back. Uh, there's some hilarious picks in here, but I think for my, I'm going to say this is my final pick. Uh, I have to pick Enya, which again, sort of offensive. He names, uh, the old Baba, uh, Enya (laughs) the hag, the old woman with the stand arrow. (laughs) Yeah. That seems like a, like it's a bit targeted at, at Enya. Yeah. Like that's kind of fucked. Um, but Orinoco flow, I mean, that's fucking absolute classic. 
oh god you got to give it up all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in one final pick uh billy jean obviously gotta have billy jean oh you know what i totally i totally should have gotten billy jean god damn it that's such a fucking classic all right uh, shocked me shocked me to my core when somebody told me uh that they do not like billy jean or thriller what yeah it hurts me on like a on a, like a physical level you know what i mean yeah, I don't like that. That gives me uh, all of the bad vibes. Yeah. Don't uh, don't talk to those people. You know, obviously, Michael Jackson, uh, what a fucking creep. But uh, come on. Come on. Uh, all right. Let's let's take a look at Diamond is Unbreakable, because this one also has some right. some absolute banger picks in here. Absolutely. Let's move into the people's favorite. Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, the longest, I think the longest arc and also the most popular. Is that true? Is it is it? routinely ranked as the most popular i think so yes it's usually what people say is their favorite um which makes sense I mean, it's a good it's a damn good arc it's fucking great has a lot of great characters in it i don't know you, you go first i took the last one okay okay now i don't want to meme or anything but there is a character who is named after angelo Badalamenti. oh god damn it i was yes, gonna take that course, one the composer one of david lynch's longtime collaborators He's a, a weird guy, but man, what a distinctive sound. In Jojo, his name is An- Angelo Katagiri. It's like, I, okay. I, I mean, it's so. a bit of a stretch. Sure. Yeah, yeah, j- there, are other, there are other anime characters just named Angelo. Yeah, Angelo isn't, it's not exactly the most obscure character name. But of course, he is uh, famously in the live action adaptation, is which he? is interesting. Yes, I didn't. I didn't notice him in there. He's he's the aqua necklace guy. Oh no, shit! All right. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's kind of he's shady. He doesn't make a huge appearance, but his stand certainly does. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I then am going to take. Uh, you know what? We already called out Sting, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call on the police here. Koichi owns a dog named Police, which is very funny. <laughs> It's really funny. Not the police. He just named his dog police. That's why would you do that? And so I think I think if we're if we're talking about it, this one is definitely Sting. Or do you think this is just the police without Sting or is it Sting and the police? Oh, there is no police without Sting. (laughs) Come on. Well, fair enough. Oh, man. There's so many great cuts in this. I mean, it's it's really, really hard to resist not just jumping straight to Queen. There are so many queen references in this season. You know, Kira has his whole stand is basically queen themed. Oh, yeah. Uh, another one bites the dust gets name checked like a bunch of times. I mean, his stand is named Killer Queen. Yeah, his stand is named straight up Killer Queen. But I think I want to go with Curtis Mayfield because the weird guy who shows up later. His stand is called Superfly, <laughs> uh, which is not only a great Curtis Mayfield song. It, I think it is my favorite Curtis Mayfield song. Uh, I don't know. Not uh, not Pusher Man. Not Pusher Man's great. You know, Freddy's Dead is great. Moving on up. Obviously fucking classic. But super, there's something about Superfly. I mean, obviously, like they made a whole fucking movie out of that song, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, like a whole ass movie hinges on how good that song is. <laughs> okay. Uh, then... I am going to jump in and and take uh, yeah I'm I, I'm gonna take on Pearl Jam I'm gonna throw them on my on my list 
Uh, oh, they are. You know that. You know that means come, right? Yeah, okay. I figured it out. So just want to. Okay, all right. I just listen. It, they are the stand of an Italian chef. How much more obvious could it be? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, he's coming in the food. Oh no. Oh God, the tomatoes come alive. Oh God. Uh, according to this, uh, in that chapter, Okuyasu compares the harmony between mozzarella and tomato. Uh, to the harmony of Simon and Garfunkel, which I think it's very funny if you know any of like their working history together and how much they hated each other by the by the end of their duet career. Yeah. All right. Okay. None of these other ref- musical references in Diamond is Unbreakable directly translate to come, but in a roundabout way. I am. I'm, I'm going to go with the Red Hot Chili Peppers reference. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, they which talk about come plenty of times obviously mm-hmm. i mean they wrote a whole album about it yeah it's called danny california <laughs> akira otoishi he's one of the bad guys uh he's the guitarist bad guy could be more on the nose his stand <laughs> is called red hot chili pepper uh, he was the he's the electric stand that kills okiyasu's brother at the beginning yes yes exactly he can travel through the wires yeah which uh is very funny i don't think i don't think that really makes any sense to be called Red Hot Chili Pepper. I think that's just straight up a name pull. Do they have any songs about traveling through electrical wires? I don't remember any. Uh, I'd, <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen to their entire discography. Yeah, maybe in Stadium Arcadium, but that would have come out after this arc. <laughs> All right, well, then I'm going to... This is my final pull for Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Deep Purple, the classic, of course. Classic, a lot of guitarists' know, first song, "Smoke on the smoke Water." On the water. It's, it's about smoking weed, you know. Yeah. You, you know that you know that song's about smoking weed. I thought it was about cum. <laughs> yeah. No, it's about uh, it's about the weed smoke <laughs> on the water in your bong. Oh, cool, man. That's really cool. Uh, it, it's also about cum. <laughs> it's insanely stacked. I mean, I I I got. Very close to just pulling the Thelonious Monk reference because I think they changed one of the stand names to Mysterioso, which is a, a Thelonious Monk name mm-hmm. uh, album, probably for the better. But uh, yeah, let's move on. Yeah. All right. Venta Oreo. I'm going to jump right in. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. That's mine. Venta Oreo, of course, the the most side questy of all JoJo arcs. See, okay, this is the arc I like Venta Oreo a lot, but most of it, most of my enjoyment of Venta Oreo is around the Joe Bros. Yeah, it's less about the story, the their destination that they're like going on, what their goal, which is like yep. take over the mob so that they stop selling drugs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't sympathize with that so much as a drug user myself. <laughs> yes, as a heavy drug user uh, of all different sorts. <laughs> yeah, it did make me a little less endeared to our our Joe. It, Bros, it's a bit okay. winding. It's a bit you know. It carries on. I, I again. I like all the JoJo's. I love them, but this one in particular. It, I feel it's like you start kind of seeing the cracks in Araki's improvisation skills, I think, you know, like uh, we have that one character who stand was like, he just, he has a poison nuke gas cloud that kills everything around him. Yes. And, and Araki just didn't know how to use that at all. And so they're like, all right, well, 
we leave, we get it on a boat and leave this guy behind. Yeah. He's just not in the story anymore. Yes. That is cited quite a lot. Um, mm. That one is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, well, I guess he just fucks off. Yeah, he's just gone. Yeah. Panacotta Fugo. <laughs> 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 almost that is almost very offensive that is right on the border that, that's his name yep. uh and his stand's name is purple haze hell yeah hell yeah dude <laughs> you know that song's about weed you know i thought it was about cum so <laughs> this one is so fucking stacked though like even more than the last one and it's also because the characters in this uh, this arc just drop their favorite artists. They just say like who their favorite musicians are. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of cheating. Like uh, Narancha, the guy with uh, the the sassy bullets uh-huh. as a stand. He, at some point, he just says his favorite musician is Tupac, which is not fair. <laughs> it's, it's really weird that he name checks the real person Tupac. And later on, there is a stand whose name is the Notorious B.I.G. Yes. And Notorious B.I.G. does not kill Narancha. No. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. You know, I'm, all I'm saying is that's interesting. Yeah, what did, Coincidence? Yeah. What did Iraqi know and when did he know it? <laughs> I have to go with, I think for my pick then, uh, and I wish you hadn't taken Hendrix. Damn. I guess I'll go with, you know, Spice Girls. I gotta, right? I gotta pull the Spice Girls. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, the one girl stand user in this entire arc, Trish, a very Italian-sounding name. <laughs> uh, he, of course, Araki could not resist giving her stand the name Spice Girl. Yeah, Trish almost feels like a... Uh, and my editor asked me why there are never women in these comics. Hey, how come there's like no girls? What? And he's like, fine. You want a girl? I'll give <laughs> yeah. you the girl with the pink stand. And, and the pink stand's name is Spice Girls. It, it does feel like that, though, sometimes. It does. It does. It do be like that sometimes. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that's a good pick. But I can't, I can't be on a road trip without having some Black Sabbath on. You know, you know, I like that classic stuff. Going, we're going back to the Dio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, obviously, Pulpo, the first gang lieutenant that they have to they have to fight in Venta Oreo. Yeah. Giant, um, morbidly obese, uh, weird octopus man that that controls the city from inside of his prison cell. Yeah. Uh, great concept. I like it. I don't know why why Iraqi chose Black Sabbath for that guy. It kind of feels like he picks these names out of a hat sometimes. Yeah, it's not always clear what he was going for. Like, for my next pick, I really like, not necessarily because I love Oasis, the band. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, it's fine, I guess. Some of those songs are kind of catchy. Um, but I love that the... <laughs> The character whose stand is named Oasis is basically like the BDSM sub to the guy whose stand is Green Day. And I'm like, man, <laughs> there's some weird shit going there, right? There's some weird shit going on there. Uh, Chocolata. Chocolata's <laughs> stand is called Green Day. Yes. And Seco's stand is called Oasis. Seco, of course, being the dude in the gimp suit who swims through the ground. Uh, one of my all-time favorite gimps. Yeah, he's one of the best. <laughs> okay all right all right uh my next pick then is because 
honestly, this season is stacked with a lot of people that I just like listening to anyway. So I'm taking yeah, Talking Heads. That's really good. Uh, it, it was it was a close between that and the Beach Boys. Just barely one out above <laughs> the, above the Beach Boys, though. That's hard. Well, you know, I there's so many I'd rather pick, kind of, but I feel like to be true to myself, I do uh, have to go with. <laughs> and again, this feels borderline offensive, but Risotto Nero, <laughs> whose, <laughs> whose stand is called just straight up Metallica, not even. Well, th- okay, that's that's what I'm really starting to notice here is is this is the point when he like. Iraqi dropped all pretense of all like pretense. trying to make these these like clever references and he's yes. just naming them the thing. Yeah. Uh, like they're Metallica, The Stand, Talking Heads, Notorious B.I.G., yep. Spice Girls. These are all just names of people that exist. And so what I never have figured out is do these artists exist in the world and the stands are named after them or or do they not exist or do they have different professional names for these groups? It's impossible to tell. You cannot say my favorite musical artist is Tupac and then claim that like Biggie doesn't exist. Like, right. How, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to reconcile here. That is insane. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, let's pick one more pick one more from vento oreo okay i mean it's too stacked i i've i've gotta go i'm actually drowning in options here you know snoop gets name checked here Kraftwerk gets name checked Kraftwerk extremely influential on me personally mm-hmm. you know miles davis is on this fucking list uh it's a little bit of a uh you know bucciarati one of our best joe bros he's zipper man right mm-hmm. hell yeah uh he straight up just says miles davis is like his favorite artist which is really funny to me but just straight up i think i have to go with uh with J- jodeci <laughs> <laughs> uh who, and i think i have to do that because if you'll remember there was a guy one of the stage names of the guys at jodeci is jojo no shit yes that's got to be a long uh, like a a long con right uh, that was thought out I- well years in advance it's crazy, right? I mean, I have I have no idea, but like you know, singles like uh, I think everybody knows uh, "Freaking You" or like "Get On Up" are the singles from Jodeci. They didn't last for very long, but quite a connection, right? That's interesting. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Move on to Stone Ocean. That brings me up. That brings us up to where I am currently in the JoJo canon. Yes. Uh, obviously, my my thirst has only begun to peak for these JoJo's. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm finally going to start reading the manga after this. Jeez, finally, Christ. Well, I you know next to Diamond, I hear Steel Ball Run is like everyone calls that peak JoJo. It's incredible. I mean, they're all incredible, but that is incredible. Just for the American president, <laughs> the best fictional American president ever <laughs> george bush is my favorite anime president <laughs> the baki version in particular yeah. yes uh okay right. okay go go first go first i need to uh, well, I, i'm having a hard time i mean i i would be remiss if i didn't take jolene right off the right off the bat dolly yeah. parton um, america's treasure uh yes uh, U.S. President number 47. Stay tuned. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> Jolene, of course, with the double whammy because her, her stand is called Stone Free, which mm-hmm. is, a, a you know, a Hendrix song. I mean, that's tough. 
Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to do a first in this conversation and I'm going to, I'm going to pick a follow up here that I'm going to ban from the, from the playlist. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say no, no Elvis Costello. Uh, cause that guy sucks. You don't like Elvis Costello? Uh, no. Cause he's a, he's a fucking huge racist. <laughs> Elvis Costello is uh, really funny in the Larry Sanders show. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a really funny cameo. Uh, okay. All right. There's some really great ones here. I think just, uh, just cause it makes me laugh. Um, Sp- sports max is a character in, in this arc <laughs> <laughs> and his stand is just called limp biscuit, <laughs> which is so funny to me. Not even a song, like not even a song by limp biscuit, just limp biscuit. I have to wonder what, like Iraqi's process for choosing all of these references does he like all of these bands or does he just think they have interesting names i i'm finding it hard to believe that he's sitting there you know in the planning stages of of stone ocean and he's like shuffling through his ipod nano or whatever he had at the time uh i guess i guess that was a little bit before a little bit before mp3 players uh he was shuffling through his his car cd book uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, Limp Biscuit. I love those guys. I'm going to immortalize them in in this character that drowns in a pipe. What do you think his favorite Limp Biscuit song is? Is it Nookie? It's got to be Nookie, right? Uh, he did it all for that. <laughs> I guess so. It's just so weird. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to follow. I'm going to pick. I mean, I got to pick Foo Fighters. I got to pick Foo Fighters. You've gotta. You know me and Grohl are tight. I'm tight with the Grohl. Yeah, you love that dude. You yeah. like it actually. His post Nirvana career. That's what. That's what it's all about for you. I honestly, I don't think that he remembers that much about being in Nirvana anymore at this point, right? He probably tries not to think about it. Yeah. Not because of Kurt, but because like Chris Novoselic is such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck happened to that guy? <laughs> oh, he was famous. He. Yeah. Well, he got. Uh, he turned conservative. In that way that only a dude who was kind of famous in the 90s can. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I don't think I need to follow up on that statement. Some dudes do not handle being famous well. In fact, I would say a lot of dudes don't. Um, Okay. You know, this isn't my pick. This is sort of a bonus uh, because, you know, she's not a a musician. But I love that he named uh, one of the – and this is weird. One of the the guards is named Viviano Westwood – Oh, After what? Vivian Westwood, I think that's really fucking weird and funny. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> um, incredibly specific. Uh, yes. Now here's a weird one because now his stand uh, was originally called Earth, Wind, and Fire, which is you know the goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they changed it to the anti-goat uh, Bob Dylan, <laughs> which is just for what a weird downgrade. For the American release. Oh, is this a is this a Bob Dylan hate cast now? Uh, you know, I there are other people um, who have espoused similar sentiments, but I, I am on the Bob Dylan hate train for sure. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to pick Yo Yo Ma. <laughs> That's okay, because yeah. as we established, not only is Yo Yo Ma uh, a stand that is a reference to the real life cellist yo yo ma yes but in the show he's the stand not the stand user 
the stand specifically mentions that he likes the band R.E.M. And so that's my double pick. I'm taking Yo-Yo Ma and R.E.M. Yo-Yo Ma loves sad boys. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? That's why we're here. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma, uh, one of the most famous guys who I've only really mostly listened to covers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this arc includes like a lot of bands I just straight hate. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan, obviously. Like I said, I really hate Wings. I really oh, fucking no. hate Wings. Not Paul. No, fuck off, man. But he was the sweet one. <laughs> so they say, but you know what? I've never met him. <laughs> uh, then I, you know what? I have to go with Van Halen. They drop Van Halen. The album Diver Down uh, is one of the guys stands. Narciso Anasui. Yeah, Anasui. Uh, who is the guy who's like really creepily into uh, Jolene. And that's just totally cool, by the way. That's never portrayed as a creepy thing. Yeah, it's just a thing he's into, you know. In fact, he ends up with Jolene romantically in the new world. (laughs) It's weird. It's a weird thing that happens. But, uh, you know, it's Van Halen. What a a fucking legend. (laughs) Uh, Eddie redefining guitar, playing for an entire generation. He's making the rest of us look bad. That's what I have to say. He's still better than basically everyone playing now. So that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) okay well my final pick is going to be another anti-pick uh i'm saying uh no marilyn manson on this playlist Uh, i know (laughs) how much you love his cover of uh (laughs) what was that song tainted love yeah tainted love i know you (laughs) love that cover i know you love his uh sweet dreams uh but i'm saying no i'm taking him off do you know what marilyn manson's band is called uh the marilyn manson family band if only his band is called the spooky kids no it's not yes it is yes it is before he was a solo act he was his band was called the spooky kids oh that is so low effort it sucks he sucks he really <laughs> sucks he sucks so bad yeah wow uh, okay all right, let me wrap it up with one more. In that case, with your anti-pick, um, <laughs> uh, I kind of want to do an anti-pick too, but um, uh, by all means, no, I'm I have to I have to go with the other goat, even though um, she's fallen from grace. But like a virgin, the song gets na- uh, name checked in in Stone Ocean by Madonna. Obviously, obviously, best era of Madonna. Uh, she was absolutely the fucking uh, queen of the world at the time. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's name-checked in a very strange way because the prisoners have to wear bracelets uh, in the in the prison yard, uh, and the bracelets just say, like, a virgin on them. Uh-huh. Why? I don't know. Why? Why is that? It's really weird. He just had to get a Madonna reference in there somewhere. You know what? Speaking of, can I jump in and say one thing that I'm surprised does not show up on this list? Sure. Uh, I am surprised that there was never a direct reference to no doubt or like Gwen Stefani in, in this arc because Jolene's whole design is very clearly based off of her 90s style. Right. You think so? Look at this. I mean, look at this. Tell me it's not. I mean, that's, I, uh, She's got the hair buns, the colored, you know, the green colored hair, uh, the eyeliner. It's all there, man. I could see the argument, but, uh, you know, maybe Iraqi uh, hates Ska. It wouldn't be 
an unreasonable take to have. <laughs> or or maybe it's the other way. He's like an old head ska guy, and he's like, I don't like new wave ska. <laughs> None of this new wave <laughs> shit. You bring me that yeah. dub shit back. I want I want to listen to the Scatolites. Yeah. <laughs> I I would wow. love it if his music references got in like not that all of these are super like a lot of them are super on the nose. A lot of them are a little bit more, uh, you know, veiled. But if he just started getting to like really esoteric shit that nobody's heard of, uh, that would be cool. That would be funny. Well, I will say this. Do not read ahead on this list. Okay. All right. That, that's a hell of a playlist. Uh, we're dumb and we didn't write all of them down, so we can't, we can't wrap it up with, with the full list. Uh, <laughs> but I think if you listen back, you could pick them all out. That's a fucking crazy ass list. Uh, just to wrap up this music thing, uh, this isn't a Rocky thing, but Buck Cherry, that that's Chuck Berry reversed, right? Um, I mean, I didn't think of it before, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's wow. I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to be thinking about that all day. I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> All right, Jesus. We talked about anime like this whole time. That's crazy. I'm actually a bit about... disgusted with myself. I never intended yeah. to talk about anime this much. I know. Me neither. <laughs> Where has life taken us? That was specifically, we talked about one anime this whole time. But if we were going to pick one anime to talk about, JoJo really is the one. If you're going to, if you have to pick one anime to watch, JoJo's the one. I'll, I'll tell you that. I mean, that. That is the one. I can't even, I can't think of anything that comes close, honestly. People will come out here and they'll be like, uh, Miyazaki movies, uh, 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 uh Cowboy Bebop, uh, 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 and it's like, fuck off. No, it's fucking JoJo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying this from the perspective of a guy who used to be one of those guys, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I'm a, now I'm a JoJo guy. I used to be one of those other guys. Now I'm not. You understand now. I get it now. You get it now. now. I understand. You made me care. <laughs> I care now. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Now, now, if you've never watched JoJo, you know. I mean, just through the credible uh, undying power of music, you know uh, to watch JoJo. Go out there. Watch JoJo. Be free. Learn the true essence of anime from the god Araki Sensei. I, I absolve you for another week. <laughs> All right. Do the stuff. Like, subscribe. We're on TikTok. I'm putting out those videos. Again, if there's anybody out there listening, we like it when you give us stars on stuff. I like it. We, as demonstrated, we'll call you out by name. <laughs> we'll we'll positively shame you for it. Yeah. I, I mean, it will shame uh, you in a good way is what I'm saying. So please, please do the thing. That's all. That's all the shilling I can do for this. Thing. All right. That's all he can muster for this week, but that's fine. <laughs> all uh, right. Uh, okay. Well, that's enough anime. Goodbye, handsome and beautiful listeners. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I fucked around. So what? I literally destiny's chosen one. I don't I don't understand what the problem is.